What Up World. It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode, we're going to talk about James Harden drama and his expanded trade requests. Some news from the Blazers' return to training camp, an update on Yusuf Nurkic's health and Rodney Hood's return to practice. And then we'll close the show talking about how the Blazers will handle their preseason schedule. It begins Friday against Sacramento Kings, and at his immediate availability today, I asked Terry Stotts exactly how he will approach those preseason early preseason games starting Friday against the Kings. But let's start with the drama. Rockets star guard James Harden is unhappy in Houston. The team opened training camp on Sunday and James Harden didn't show up to the facility until Tuesday afternoon, choosing to go to rapper Lil Baby's birthday party in Atlanta and then to a club in Las Vegas. Both of both of those sojourns caught on social media. James Harden just doing his own thing while the team begins training camp. And because he was late, um, there he's not going to be able to join the team for the first preseason game. Sounds like he won't be able to practice with them until next Monday. And while we don't need to get into the, the sort of COVID testing protocols, it is just the next step in sort of James Harden's latest saga. He has told the team he wants to be traded to a contender. It's curious because... In February of this year, the Rockets probably fancied themselves a contender. But then James Harden and Russell Westbrook, that pair broke up following the breakup of James Harden and Chris Paul, which followed the breakup of James Harden and Dwight Howard. Kind of seems like James Harden isn't a great co-worker. This saga almost certainly ends with the Rockets trading James Harden somewhere. He's got several years left on his contract, as many as three if he opts into a to a player option. But in, in at the minimum, two more, two full years. There's no impending free agency to dangle over the Rockets. This is just someone who's unhappy and wants out of his of his current team, and it's. It's even on another level beyond sort of the recent uh, power grabs we've seen from players kind of demand their way out. Uh, Anthony Davis, you know, he held the city of New Orleans and the, and the franchise hostage. I should say the franchise. I don't think he impacted the city, but he held the Pelicans hostage basically for an entire year. But he was heading into free agency. You know, Kawhi Leonard demanded uh demanded out of San Antonio but he again he was entering the final year of his contract or he was it, or he was going to be a free agent the following summer basically so it was it's very different than what James Harden is doing but I still think this ends with a trade it's inevitable I mean he's um if he's willing to just kind of like show up late and sort of openly flaunt the rules and have these behind the scenes trade requests this is a guy who wants out the best course of action for the Rockets is probably to to acquiesce his trade request maybe not trade him to a contender but trade his ass get him out of there which i guess how the blazers factor into this there's been i mean whenever anyone is available for trades it seems that um the sort of portland internet zeitgeist gets excited about cooking up ways that said star player could end up on the blazers which is like a normal part of fandom that i'm not criticizing but this was even entertained by the Oregonians beat writer Aaron Fentress, who cooked up a tweet saying, you know, if the Blazers did this, this I would think they were contenders. And um, yeah, cool. But it's a pipe dream. It's not going to happen. James Harden's not coming here. 
Let me get, let me say that one more time so you can get, you can clip my voice, make a a clean soundbite. James Harden's not coming to Portland. Not only because the Blazers are not going to um, want to entertain sort of his, uh, what it, it entails to bring James Harden onto your team. You kind of have to build your offense around what he wants to do. They've already built their offense about around what uh, Damian Lillard wants to do uh, because he seems to be sort of, um, like I said, a difficult co-worker and maybe he would uh, mess up a chemistry that they have, that the franchise has worked to cultivate. But also just because they... they um, Aren't, they aren't going to trade CJ McCollum, which is what it would take sort of to, to start with. Uh, and beyond the sort of not willing to trade CJ McCollum, not willing to wreck the chemistry, I'm not sure the Blazers have the requisite assets to make it happen. Like, I don't think they have sort of the combination of like pretty good star player. CJ McCollum's almost there. He's nearly there, but like enticing young parts. I'm not sure that Anthony Simons, Zach Collins, and Mr. Little are would qualify as enticing young parts. They're more enticing to the Blazers than they are to teams, other teams around the league and a bunch of draft picks. You know, they, they don't have next year's draft pick because they gave it, uh, already gave it to Houston in the Robert Covington trade. So it's, do they have, you know, how far down the line do they, do they, um, do they kick draft picks to have a two year shot at Harden? It's just, if, if Harden, if, if the, the Rockets really are shopping Harden around the league, there is, the Blazers don't seem to have a particularly competitive package. Now, as I say that, they're going to end up trading him somewhere, and you're going to be like, yo, the Blazers definitely could have had a package that was similar to that. And I maybe that will end up being true. But if if truly the Rockets say, we'll trade you to you know any team in the league, any of the other 29 teams, um, Maybe not, maybe not OKC and maybe not Washington. So let's let's cross those off the list. But say they um, say they'll trade him, you know, to the, any other twenty other franchises in the league. Uh, I feel like there's more competitive offer offers than what the Blazers have. Um, obviously, it would be a risk to risk to take Harden, but the Blazers aren't going to do it for all those reasons. I don't think. I, I just know they're not interested in, in breaking up the core, the Dame, the Damon CJ core. Um, they're probably not interested in the drama that a bringing in a James Harden type for two seasons would um, bring with him. I don't know why I said James Harden type. We're specifically talking about James Harden, the drama that James Harden would bring in. I don't there. It's it, that would be um, might rock the boat a little more than they're than they're interested in doing. They, they're trying to build around their stars, not um, totally realign the galaxy here in Portland. And when the the Rockets start shopping the star, I don't. I'm not sure that the Blazers have a package that's comparable to other teams. But I want to say this. I I really do. I just want to say this. I would do it. Like I would pair James Harden and Damian Lillard together. I would do the trade. Recognizing there are real personality challenges, recognizing that this would be a monumental shift in the way they do things, recognizing that it could potentially cost CJ and Nurk if um, the Rockets really get um, high in their demands. But if the name of the game, if you are chasing championships, the name of the game is talent. And to add two top 10 players in the league, the Blazers would all of a sudden be that championship level team or at least at least in my eyes much much closer to holding championship equity than they are today you probably 
judging by what I know about Trailblazers fans and um, ju- and making passing those judgments on to you, dear listener, you probably hate this idea. You likely hate James Harden, and I think that is your right to do so. But he's great. He's really, 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 really good. Um, he has he's a has a stubborn style. Like I said, he seems like a bad coworker, and um, maybe he brings too much too much baggage with him in terms of um, his like personality. We'll call them quirks. But if you're trying to win a championship, pairing two of the top 10 to, you know, two of the best guards in the league together is what you do. You might have the best point guard and the best shooting guard in the NBA on your roster. And if you have that, you are certainly much closer to the championship than having the best point guard in the league and another one of the top 40 players in the league. And then Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic. It's, um, it's, they're not going to trade for James Harden and they're not going to entertain it. Uh, trade for James Harden they're not going to they won't be involved in the discussions but in the purely hypothetical world in which we have ventured into in the opening segment of this podcast I would do it I would do it quickly I wouldn't hesitate I think I just think it's too big of an upgrade to pass up even with all the obvious red flags The Blazers aren't going to be involved in this trade and this trade has implications for them because the Rockets will likely get worse. They might even get intentionally bad by trading James Harden. They might just go, they might just full on tank if, if that's the direction um, that the, like the best trade allows them to do. So the, the like sort of real world trade that James Harden will likely be involved in will, will impact the Blazers. And we'll talk about that then, but in the hypothetical world we're existing now. Yeah. I'd do it. I, I would just do it. I, there's not much more to say. I would do it. All right. In the second segment, let's talk about some news. We got some updates from uh, Trailblazers media availability today on what's going on with the team. Some updates on some injured guys, some updates on who's around, who's available, all that stuff. We'll talk about that in the second segment. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about Bilt Bar. You know Bilt Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. Comes in 18 amazing flavors like coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, peanut butter brownie. All of those delicious flavors are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew with that candy bar-like texture. They're not dry and chalky like other protein bars. Built Bar doesn't mess around with that. Built Bar just makes delicious protein bars. They're just, they just taste good. That's the trick. But if the deliciousness doesn't sell you, what if I told you this? They're all low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. They're good and good for you. So go get yourself some. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right. Shout out to Dre Slaps for the music. Dre is from right here in Portland, Oregon. You can follow him on Instagram at wowslaps or visit his website at rarevibe.com and buy some merch, check out the music, support local artists. We got fun stuff coming this week on Locked On Blazers. Nate Duncan of Dunked On Podcast and the Hollinger and Duncan Show right here in the Locked On Podcast Network. He is joining me on the show. We're going to record it on Thursday night. It'll be in your feeds Friday morning. So be sure to look for that. So that's what's next. But here's what's now. We got news from Blazers Mail media availability today. 
Start with the big man in the middle, Yusuf Nurkic, who returned from Bosnia a little bit a little bit later than the rest of his team reported to Portland. He was dealing with a family issue in his home country of Bosnia and Herzegovina, and he is still in the COVID testing protocol. Basically, when you report, you gotta you gotta have three consecutive days of negative tests, and Nurk. Friday would be like Friday evening. He would hit that benchmark of three consecutive days. So he's not going to be available for Friday's game against the Sacramento Kings. That's the Blazers' first preseason game. It's it's on national TV. So if you're in market, it'll be on local TV, but on NBC Sports. But uh, it'll in addition, if you're out of the market, it will be on ESPN. So this will be your first look at the at the Portland Trailblazers, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that might look like in the third segment. But what it won't look like is Yusuf Nurkic. He's not. He's not on the practice court yet. He's not. Uh, he's not joining the team for stuff. He's not at the facility. He's just still in testing protocol. This is. Um, this is just the standard procedure. This is kind of what's happening to James Harden in Houston. You, you show up. You have to go through the tests. It's there's a waiting period. I, I assume that Nurk could be available when the Blazers play the Kings again on Sunday, but we will just have to wait and see. So he he hasn't been at practice. The Blazers are, um, they're practicing with who's, who's available, right? It's, um, it's right now it's 12 guys. Uh, so it's the 11 roster guys plus two way signee Kelgen Blevins. And according to Terry Stotts and Rodney Hood, who spoke with the media today over video conference following practice, the Blazers got after it today, y'all playing real five-on-five basketball, like really getting up and down. Earlier this week, CJ McCollum mentioned that the first day back at training camp on Tuesday was the first time he had played five-on-five basketball since the bubble. So that's that's August. They, that was the end of August when that ended. He hadn't played, you know, obviously he was resting up with a back injury, but this is the first five-on-five guys are, guys are really getting back to. And, uh... You know, it's obviously you can go in private gyms and find runs, but with the with the NBA protocols, you can't do it in your own gym like you um, you otherwise would have been able to. And I imagine it's just a, everything is a, like all of our lives. Everything is a little more difficult, even NBA players finding, uh, you know, pickup runs. So this was uh, this week has sort of been the first time that guys have got out to really play and in addition to CJ McCollum, that includes Rodney Hood, who had been cleared to play one-on-one with contact and three-on-three with contact earlier this earlier this month, but he had not yet been cleared to play five-on-five, and he got out there to play it today. Rodney Hood tracking to play on opening night. He says he's going to have a minutes restriction for at least the first couple games, and he doesn't know how long uh, after that, but certainly um, probably the first week of the season, they'll monitor Rodney's minutes and monitor his body for sure, and then and then they'll figure it out from there. There's a chance that just the way the rotations work, that if his minutes uh, limit is like 25, that he, we won't even know because he'll only play between 22 and 24 each night. But... Uh, Hood expects to to he he said today that it could be a little while before he gets off that minutes limit. In addition, the news on Rodney Hood, Terry Stotts said that he was quote getting gassed out there. You know, the dude hasn't played five on five basketball since last December. We're talking he got hurt the first week of December, so we're this is a full twelve months later, like um, like to the week basically. Since Rodney Hood played NBA basketball, obviously practice is not NBA basketball, but it's certainly five and five basketball against NBA players. And, and Terry said he's getting a little gassed. Uh, I, that to me, that makes sense. Like no surprises there for sure. But good to know that Rodney's back out there playing. Um, you know the 
having the luxury of getting tired playing five on five basketball probably feels great to Rodney Hood. Uh, he's he he seems pretty excited just to be out there, and he was among the those interviewed today that were raving about new teammate Derek Jones Jr. Sounds like the guys I, I told if you've listened to prior podcasts, I was saying that I was having trouble figuring out what to call Derek Jones Jr. Sounds like the guys call him DJ. So DJ might that might be the one. But Rodney, when asked specifically about um, the about Robert Covington and Derek Jones Jr., he was talking about just how uh, how impressive he's been with uh, Derek Jones Jr.'s athleticism. Uh, just um, he's that even in a league filled with athletes, he's a special one. And Rodney Hood was talking about there's a there's sort of a video going around the Blazers put out from practice where Derek Jones Jr. dunks home a rebound over Ennis Cantor, and he's really got Cantor. Like Cantor was flat-footed and took a step and he's seven feet tall he's a big dude he's right up there around the rim but Derek Jones Jr. kind of just one two hopped and caught it with two hands and just crammed all over poor Ennis Cantor and so Rodney Hood was talking about was like he's just one of those dudes in the league where you have to block him out because otherwise you're going to get embarrassed uh that video includes Rodney Hood like pretty really enjoying the dunk like he gives he gives a big old smile so Hood was Hood was saying that uh you know he's that even on a court with NBA athletes that Derek Jones Jr.'s excuse me DJ's uh Athleticism stands out, and he also mentioned, and I've heard, uh, I've heard Der- Damian Lord say this, I've heard Terry Stott say this, but he mentioned that Derek Jones Jr.'s uh, they think he'll be a good defensive player because he comes from a good program, and I think that's pretty interesting. Basically, like the the reputation of the Miami Heat being a really good defensive uh, franchise, being a really good defensive program, which they certainly are, like well deserved. Eric Spolstra has been a very, very good coach for a long time, and I think he's finally getting his proper's now that uh, he went to the NBA Finals without LeBron James. But I think this sort of reputation earned from from growing in Miami system has has come over with Derek Jones Jr. People say, you know what, you've you if you've played in with the Heat, you've played every viable type of defense you've played zone you've played a really aggressive trapping defense you've dropped back a little bit and played a more conservative style that's something like the Blazers and and you just know how to defend in a bunch of different ways and if you've been in that program we trust you to bring it over here so Rodney Hood joining the course of people just kind of saying that they they believe in Derek Jones Jr. because he's he's you know he comes with the bona fides of being a a product of the Miami Heat system. So that's the news. Rodney Hood back playing five on five. Yusuf Nurkic not going to be available Friday as he still goes through COVID protocols. And Derek Jones Jr. turning heads. In addition to Rodney Hood, uh, Terry Stotts just talked about what a great athlete Derek Jones Jr. is. Like when when dudes are, um, it's funny. I think there's only a handful of guys that, People say, whoa, he's a good athlete because all of these dudes are good athletes. But it's like uh, in the past, it's been an Anthony Simons. He's been the guy who people are like, oh, well, you see him in practice and he's a really good athlete. But then even Ant, when he was asked about earlier this week or or excuse me, last week sometime, uh, he was just basically like, yo, Derek Jones Jr. is a really good athlete. So uh, I think DJ is taking sort of the uh, his athleticism to the to the next level even even when the previous yo this dude is a good athlete guy on the team is like no 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 but for real dj can really fly uh it's we'll see how functional that is when the game starts um he's he's an intriguing piece like derrick derrick jones jr's fun because he's he's 
so long and so athletic, and he's just the type of player the Blazers haven't had in a while. Even when they've had good athletes on the wing, they haven't had they haven't had someone like him. So he's a he's a really intriguing part. I think he's one of the most interesting uh, interesting players on new players in the roster. Speaking of that roster, I asked Terry Stotts how he's going to approach the preseason games, which begins Friday in a nationally televised game against the Sacramento Kings. So what I want to do to close out the show in the third segment is talk about how Terry Stotts plans to approach the preseason. Still a pass-first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listen to Locked on Blazers. And if you like this show... Oh, you're going to love the Locked On NBA season preview. That's right. The 2020-2021 season is almost here, and the Locked On Podcast Network will get you ready with a special week of shows over on the Locked On NBA feed. Those begin on December 14th. You'll get previews of every team, division by division, from all 30 of our Locked On local experts. That's me and my friends, y'all. Plus, you'll get waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, predictions on each division from Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get podcasts. All right, so we talked about the news from practice today, but the, the Blazers are... They're not just sort of uh, getting back to training camp. They have to play preseason games. This is a really compact schedule. Um, you know, they missed a game. They missed a day of practice for uh, because there was you know COVID outbreaks within the team. A, a player and and uh, a couple members of the staff uh, had positive tests for COVID, and that meant they had to shut down the facility for a day. So they're a day behind on practice. That is a day behind in an already compact preseason, and. In past preseasons, I probably would have waved all of this off as meaningless. Like, I, I typically don't think the NBA preseason schedule is particularly meaningful. You figure it out in the first 10 to 12 games. But this year, I thought, could be a little bit different. Like I said, the the Blazers already lost a day of practice. They've got a compacted preseason to begin with. They've got a, a bunch of new parts to integrate on the roster, including two new starters and and a brand new rotation. So I, I thought maybe this would be a year that Terry Stotts... Um, treated preseason a little bit differently because because of all those factors. So I asked him, how would he, would we get a dress rehearsal? Obviously, you're not going to get one Friday because there's no NERC. So if you don't have the full roster, you're not going to have a dress rehearsal. But if later in the preseason, we would get uh, a sort of real game type feel with a real dress rehearsal. He's done that in the past. He's kind of gone away from that in the last couple seasons. And so I asked him about it and he gave an answer that Terry Stotts gives, which is he said, no, 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 we'll see. But he did offer some insight into how the Blazers will treat these first two games against the Sacramento Kings. So like I have done so many times in my career, I'll do my best with how Terry answered the question. Basically, Friday night, expect all 12 guys to play. That's what Terry Sott said he's going to do. And no one's going to play more than 25 minutes. So with a roster that is uh, particularly a little bit thin up front uh, at, at the center position with only Ennis Cantor and Harry Giles. Expect those guys to play 25 minutes each or 24 minutes each, kind of split split those minutes. But expect everyone to play. We'll see Kelgen Blevins. We'll see 
Ant and Gary and all, and and at all, uh, all twelve guys that are available f- will play, and and they're all going to play about equal minutes. Terry Stott said it's it's just about them getting out and running, um, and that's how he'll treat both this game Friday night national TV against the Kings, and also the Sunday game against the Kings. The Blazers play King, Kings Kings Nuggets Nuggets is how this works. Um, the NBA thinks Denver and Portland are close together. So it's not it's not not how geography works, but that's fine. Regardless of the geographical realities of how far the Rocky Mountains are from the Pacific Coast, the Denver games may give us something like a like a, a dress rehearsal. And if it were going to come, it would come in Game Three of the four-game preseason. So, games Game One, no Yusuf Nurkic, all twelve guys, twenty-four minutes. Sounds like Game Two is going to be something similar. Whether Yusuf Nurkic is cleared to play in that game doesn't uh, isn't totally clear. It kind of sounded like from Stotts' comments that they weren't planning on having uh, Yusuf Nurkic, but he might not. He might just not have been. Being super specific, um, but it did. I wouldn't be super surprised if Nurk rejoins the team Saturday and then doesn't play Sunday, just because he's still they'll still be kind of getting him back ready. Uh, you assume he's in pretty good shape just because he's a professional, but there's a difference in being in decent shape and asking you to play, you know, 24 bas- 24 minutes of NBA basketball, even NBA preseason basketball. Those are different things. So it sounds like these first two games are just going to be empty the bench or, you know, clear out the bench. Everyone who's available and has a uniform will play. No one's going to play a bunch of minutes. We're not going to get that sort of like uh, simulation, the dress rehearsal, like I keep saying, the sort of regular season simulation. If it was going to happen, it will happen in game three. We'll see it against the Nuggets. The last two, early in his career, early in Stotts' career with the Blazers, he would always do one game would be real. One game would be would be a real sort of like let's let's get Damon CJ 34 minutes and get them to play basketball and let's let's do the rotations kind of what they're going to be like in the regular season so we can see what see how it looks like and guys can get a feel for their role and all those things. He's gone away from that the last couple seasons. So there is a decent chance he that we don't get a dress rehearsal that maybe we get 3 quarters of regular rotations but then the fourth quarter is just all bench guys. So we may we may never we might not see we might have to wait until December 22nd to kind of see what the regular rotation looks like. This is maybe something that I care about more than you, but who plays and when? I think it's the biggest decision that coaches make, so who plays and when is the thing I'm most curious about. But Friday should be fun. We'll get to see CJ Ellaby get some minutes. We'll get to see uh you know Scary Gary outside of the bubble. We'll get to see Harry Giles and uh, Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington donning a uh, Blazers jersey for the first time. Get to see Rodney Hood back on a basketball court uh, for the first time since his Achilles injury. That'll be nice. Uh, you know, Ennis Cantor's return to to a Blazers uniform. Oh, it's always fun to watch Damian Lillard. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a preseason guy. Like I said, um, I I think it's mostly meaningless. So I'm not going to give you like a super huge breakdown of the games, but when we learn, we will learn some stuff from these two weekend games and you better believe on Monday, I will tell you what we learned. So look for that show in your feed. Like I mentioned also later this week, look likely either late Thursday, if you're a West coast listener or Friday morning, but just because of when we're recording, uh, look for my show with Nate Duncan. He'll be joining the podcast. We're going to talk about preview the Blazers season, talk about their off season, all that stuff. Should be a lot of fun. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. will be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.